Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Six Cents Podcast. I'm Lucas. No Chris tonight, but that's okay. Jonathan's going to step up in a big way here, be my co-host tonight. Jonathan, how you feeling, man? A four-game sweep. It is. This is apparently the first sweep in my lifetime. I think they said the it's, last time the Sixers had a playoff sweep was 91, and it was a three-game sweep, best of five. The last time they had a best of seven sweep i think you have to go back to 81 or something like that long no, time, no, long time. Bar- barkley's rookie year barkley's okay. rookie year yeah he was coming off the bench nice nice yeah, uh pickup there by the way I like that all right yeah. well we haven't been on because of personal stuff in both me you and chris's life uh, we haven't been on since last uh sunday so we're gonna talk about games one through four here first right jonathan yeah well Let's go. Uh, let's just briefly touch on the two, three, and four. So, what do you think about game two? Sixers won 96 84, uh, the second game at home. Look, I it was it was a great Tyrese Maxey game. We definitely needed it. Uh, Joel had a turnover. It wasn't, look, I, and this is going to be a common thing. Joel wasn't able to dominate, but they didn't need him to. He had eight turnovers, seven assists, but still, seven assists is pretty darn good. And uh, just going to, you know what, Jonathan? I realized why Chris couldn't couldn't come on the podcast. I just had What's this thought because I'm looking at the box score here, and I'm looking at Tobias Harris, and I don't think he could uh, fess up to, to. I don't think he can fess up to admitting that uh, you know Alex Caruso is not better than Tobias Harris. I just, really just, wanted to talk about that. I did too. I did too. If he was going to be here, it would have been on the agenda. It would have been on the agenda. But Chris, next time you're on, you're gonna have to defend your spot. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we've already talked about it in the uh, site group chat. You know, he's pretty firm in it. But uh, I don't think there's much of a case. He Tobias had 20 and 12 in this game, pretty efficient. It was not a good Harding game in this though. So not not great bench. You know, you had some things from Paul Reed and DeAnthony Melton, but besides that, not not much. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Embiid put up 19 boards. That was impressive. Like you said, they're doubling him, but he's finding other ways to impact the game. And and honestly, he says he doesn't mind. He doesn't need to be scoring all the time. And that's the kind of Joel we need. 
think some teams are going to let him get his, and then others are going to try this. Uh, and I'm not sure either are going to work. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Big maxi game, and I'm going to I'm going to ring the Tobias Bell pretty much every game we talk about because he is not getting like. 20 shots a game, but the shots he gets, he is so efficient. So, yeah, great game from him. But um, and, yeah, and just, overall, and oh. uh, and sorry, sorry, I just want to add one more thing about Tobias. His defense has taken another leap. He's he did this last postseason, and he's doing it again. He's being an above average defender. Now he's no lockdown guy, but he's he's holding his own against some really good wings. So just kudos to no, Tobias. he he really is like he he is exactly like you said. He did this last postseason and I even put that in an article like that he was the most consistent player in last year's playoffs because of Harden being a little inconsistent new to the mm-hmm. team and Embiid in and out of the lineup but well I'll, yeah. I'll I'll take it a step further he was the most consistent player in this first round I agree I think I, I, I think agree. I saw I, I think I saw a stat that he averaged 20 points and shot around 58 percent from the field and 57 percent from three something along those lines I don't know the I can't remember the exact number but like that's the that, bias Harris we need. But yeah, okay, let's go on to game two, uh, game three. Yeah, yeah, game three, not the prettiest. One hundred two ninety seven. The uh, the Sixers had to outscore the Nets by eleven in the fourth quarter. The uh, Nets were clearly had a game plan, which was trying to beat up Embiid, coax him into stupid plays. We saw within three minutes Embiid kicked at. Claxton, honestly, in, in full transparency, I'm kind of stunned he didn't get um, ejected. But then even after that, they were just beating him up. That was their game plan to try and get under his skin. And it, it worked early on, but I think Doc calmed him down. Still didn't love the way the team played at all, but it was good to at least come out with a win. That's what you're looking for in the postseason, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree. Look, they beat him up. And we'll talk about how bad that was in game four. But game three, Joel was certainly a non-factor. 14 points on offense. But, you know, still defensively, two blocks, 10 rebounds, one steal. Tobias Harris had probably his least productive game on 15 points on 13 shots, but still was pretty solid. This was the Tyrese Maxey game. Without Tyrese Maxey, we don't win this game. Because Tyrese Maxey basically was a one-man wrecking crew in that fourth quarter. Yeah, he absolutely was. Him and Embiid were the only starters and like the plus territory and plus minus and then D'Anthony Melton went plus 24 played great defense out there was out there for 30 minutes really it, it really was the Tyrese Maxey show on offense but Melton played great defense and and it really just helped us pull this up pull this one out absolutely absolutely did like you, you think, said this did you think Embiid should have been ejected oh gosh I knew we were going to talk about this um well let's talk about both plays here we'll talk with about Embiid first um I'll be honest, probably should have. He probably should have. Look, I, I yeah. love Embiid, uh, but that was clear clear with intent. Like, yeah. it, like, that was intentional. Like, I get the stepping over thing is disrespectful, and I probably would have done something similar if it was me, but, like, at the end of the day, um, it's not a basketball play, and it was after the whistle was blown, and it was it was meant for the jewels. Let's, it didn't hit the jewels, but it was meant for the jewels. So... I, I think you probably should have, you know, and even if he didn't uh, get, get you know, ejected this game, that should have been, he if he wasn't injured for the next game, he probably, he he should have, he wasn't, but he should have been suspended for the next, because like, that's not a 
like Joel's not a dirty player. We don't really see him as a dirty player, but that was a dirty play by Joel. Yeah, it was. I mean, the step over is extremely disrespectful. And Absolutely. like it really I know it wasn't the exact same thing, but it, it just was like very so parallel to what happened with Draymond. Like Sabonis yeah. did something very disrespectful, should not have grabbed at his ankle. And Absolutely. Draymond does something non-basketball play and gets ejected. And I thought it was the exact same thing. And Doc made some great points about after the game, like if you're going to um, not not punish the instigator, but punish the retaliator, you're setting a dangerous precedent. And I think he was spot on. But then okay. we have to. But here's the thing, like that's a part of basketball. That's game gamesmanship there. Look, like that's been the deal. Like I remember, who was it? Uh, Kevin McHale clotheslining. Uh, Kurt Rambis, like that's just you know that's that's basketball gamesmanship is part of it, and you know you have the lesser role players, you know guys that aren't stars that play the antagonist role. We've seen it throughout the years. We've seen Kendrick Perkins do it. We've seen uh, Rasheed Wallace, even though technically he was an all star, but like we've seen players be that instigator to get guys to overreact, run our test, and it's a part of the game. And as much as I don't like it for our guys, clearly, you can't legalize that out of the game. It makes makes basketball more interesting, honestly. It does. And, and yeah, it's it's just tough. Like, I agree, though, with you. I think Embiid should have been ejected, probably suspended. I don't know if it's because he's going to be the MVP of the league. And I don't know. And all the, like, hit back they were getting for the Draymond thing. But. Let's transition a little bit to the Harden uh, ejection. First time he's gotten ejected yeah. in the playoffs. He got a flagrant two immediately for um, what they said was unnecessary and excessive contact of a push-off okay. kind of uh, okay, elbowing but, but, Royce uh, O'Neal. He got him with his hand uh, on the backside. Look, that's not a, that's a basketball play that we've seen a thousand times over. There was nothing dirty, nothing intentional. And I don't even I'm not even sure if he hit the groin. That might have been a little gamesmanship on O'Neal. And if that was, you know, kudos to O'Neal. Like that's gamesmanship. We just talked about it. But at the end of the day, that wasn't a dirty play. That was no. if anything, if anything, it could have either even either be called a common foul or at worst a flagrant one. But now Harden has a flagrant two on his record. That's two flagrant foul points against him. If he gets four, he's suspended for a game. Yeah, no, I was just setting it up the way the refs are saying. I completely agree with you. Like Harden even saying after the game, he essentially was like, I, I don't even think that's an offensive foul. And and I, I could have been convinced. Like I thought, all right, when it happened, offensive foul, push off, whatever. I mean, Harden does that. That's in but this when game. You, sometimes but, 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 sometimes but, but, they're going to call. But you see it in slow motion. It There was – I don't think so, dude. I don't think so. I've seen – No, people- I know. So – yeah, so that's part of his game. Sometimes they call it, but I was like, all right, at max, that's an offensive foul. When they said flagrant two, it honestly felt like a makeup for the MB call. Yes, I don't know if yes, it, I don't yes. know if it was, but either way, it was kind of kind of ridiculous. But they still pulled it out. Um yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I guess then that's a bigger talk to the physicality of the playoffs, which we'll talk about more later. Uh, when we talk about the you know the East versus the West, because there's been some uh, very touchy plays. If you catch my drift on uh, this uh, postseason, um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah why don't well, we hit game game four? So Sixers yes. got the sweep with the second game in Brooklyn. Got the sweep, ninety six eight eight eighty eight. Played pretty well in the fourth quarter. I mean, 
no Embiid. It was it was very impressive to see this team kind of fight back and and win without their starter, like or their MVP caliber player. So, what were your Ooh. thoughts on this game? The Paul Reed victory tour is in full swing. Look, Paul Reed, ten points, fifteen rebounds, eight offensive rebounds. Like the six, the Paul Reed is smaller than Nick Claxton. Let's be clear, Paul Reed's like five, six, eight, six, nine. Nick Claxton's a fall, solid six, ten, six, eleven. And he was still able to crash the offensive board on Nick Claxton. And, like, don't get me wrong, Nick Claxton had a solid game, 17 points, five rebounds. But at the end of the day, Paul Reed was the reason they won this game because he kept plays alive because Tyrese Maxey and James Harden, let's just call it what it is, they were bad this game. I mean, Harden had 17 and an 11, but he shot four of 18, and Tyrese shot six of 20 and only had 16 points. It was yeah. Paul Reed and Tobias Harris that won this game, and of course the Anthony Melton at the end. But yeah, like no, I, I yeah. like the four of eighteen. Like Harden, there was multiple shots in the fourth quarter. Like he was missing layups, floaters, I and mean, he just had his head hung. Like it was just not his night. But do you he, think that? Yeah, I mean, do you think that Achilles is still bothering him? I, I don't know. I don't want to say so because I thought he played all right in the first three games, but, but it was just I mean, tough. Look, to, he, he could it could have been re reaggravated. It could it could have been. I, I'm not gonna go there just yet. I don't know. Okay. But okay. What I was gonna say is yeah, this is the Tobias game leading the team, 25 points, 60% shooting. I mean, 12 rebounds. He was efficiently shooting again, playing both ends of the floor. Great defense on Mikhail Bridges, like all around playing well. And and yeah, Melton, 15 points all in the fourth quarter. He knocked down three threes, like, if not in a row, in very quick succession, just hit some big-time shots in that fourth quarter. And he also played great defense. So, like, down the stretch, Melton and Tobias really, really helped seal this game. Absolutely. Look, in the Sixers now, James can rest a little bit. Joel can rest. And, you know, that that's good. Joel wasn't in this game, but... Look, this is, should be a big confidence booster. Without Joel, we still beat a Nets team. That I mean, look, Mikael Bridges is probably not a number one on a championship team, but could he be a number two? I, I think that's possible, sure. So I, I think this is the type of game that you really need because it gives the rest of the role players confidence that they can step up when they need to. I mean, granted, Maxi and Harden didn't, but Tobias... They, look, Tobias might be the second most reliable player in this playoffs moving forward, and if we're being serious, because Maxi's had his moments, James has his moments, but outside of Game 3, like, Tobias has been pretty solid. You're not going to find me arguing. I, I agree, yeah. All right, well, let's, let's go ahead and transition now. We're going to talk a little bit more about the adjustments for the Eastern Conference Finals. It should be noted that Doc Rivers said after this series that Joel's a 50-50 uh, playing game one, even with a projected week off at bare minimum. That That is concerning. But regardless of who they played, do you, did you see what did you see good that they did? Well, like I thought Embiid passing the ball and, and finding other players and not having to try and dominate the game. I mean, I think the average like 22 or something in the series, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. like 33% lower than what he normally did. So absolutely, I, I think the adjustments though that are going to be made is it seems that Boston's like very comfortable with Embiid just blowing up. They do not care. Like that's kind of their game plan. It's like let Embiid get his and see if anyone else on the team can support. And in the past, the they really haven't been able to do that. So I think it's like not consistently. So I, I think that like really seeing how Harden, Maxi, Tobias can play 
themselves play some one-on-one ball and just be able to get their own buckets. Like it, it's going to be such a different way than how the Nets played Embiid. So I, I, I hope Doc has them prepared. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you look like the next series, unless Boston does something dramatically different or Atlanta, cause they both kind of play him one-on-one. Um, the, the main thing is that I liked is the fact that you can still win basketball games with Joel taking on more of a Jokic role where he's a facilitator at the nail at the, you know, free, free throw line nail area. And it works. Because Joel can look, I mean, I know he had his turnovers, but he also had really good plays out of that. And I mean, look, if you're going to double team him, of course, he's going to have turnovers and he's a high volume player. That's going to happen. But at the end of the day, he can facilitate. And I think that, you know, you can still win basketball games with that. Uh, now, what's what's one thing you you think that that they could what was a bad something bad that you saw in this series that you you wish that would change a little bit? I mean, it's definitely the consistency in the guard play, specifically Harden and Maxi. You mentioned it at the intro of this topic. Like, they can blow up. They can play great. Like, we know they have that potential. Maxi won us a game, maybe two. But, like, just being able to show up consistently. I think I heard something recently that, like, Maxi's played the Celtics seven times in his career, and he scored double digits twice. And one of those times... Marcus Smart didn't play, who, like, usually guards him, I guess, in those seven games. So it basically just said, like, one time in his entire career in the NBA playing the Celtics, has he scored more than 10 points? Like, that's kind of shocking. I'm really, mm-hmm. really looking to see how Maxi plays, because I think that he's the X factor after hearing that. Well, I, I think you have a good point, but I think part of it goes down to the pace of the game. Because I don't know if you noticed in this series, this game got a lot faster when Harden was off the court. When Harden and or Joel was off the court, the game got a lot faster. And the role players for the Sixers, especially Tobias and Maxi, really shine and transition in faster-paced basketball. And, I mean, look, obviously the Celtics or the Hawks, like especially the Celtics, they're going to be – defensively, they're going to be a problem here. Like, look, the, they, they are built outside of, like, the center position. They're built to guard the Sixers to the best. of the, Like, look, Derek White, Marcus Smart, all level, all defensive level caliber players, one or possibly both of them will make the game, the all defensive team. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are both two-way wings. Like, Tobias is not going to have as easy as a time as he did against, you know, Cam Johnson. I can almost guarantee you that um, that he that he is going to have probably against Tatum if I had to guess who Tatum or Brown like Brown's a really physical defender. So this you're going to have to play them in transition. That's that's the best way to get easy baskets. You're going to have to attack in transition more, which we didn't really see with the starting five. So we, we need more of that. Yeah, I completely agree. And And I mean, the way you and I are talking, it's pretty presumptuous that the Celtics are going to be there, but let's just talk about, I mean, the Hawks stole a game, stole game 31, 130 to 122 against Boston. They're playing right now. Yeah. Both teams are full health. They're playing right now. They're down 12. The third quarter just started, but at the end of that second quarter, the Hawks brought it within three. They had a little run. So, I mean, who knows? So let's just at least entertain the idea. Who would you rather play and and who might you, do you think will probably play? I mean, look, it's probably going to be the Celtics, but like, could this game, could this go like six games? I mean, look, I think Atlanta has a chance to steal at least one more. I mean, 
look, Trey Young, De- uh, DeJounte Murray are two all-star caliber guards. You have good wing defenders and DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Johnson. Um, and you got good big men. I mean, they're not scorers, but they're good defensive guys. So, I mean, is a po- they're look, I would rather play the Hawks because Sixers are like three and one against the Hawks this season versus the inverse against the Celtics where they're one and three. But the the likelihood is it's going to be the Celtics. But if if let's just say we play the Hawks, for example, I I mean that's not going to be an easy defensive series for us. I mean Trey Young and Dejounte Murray are really good defenders, and our two guards are not. So it's it's going to be a bit of a battle there uh, defensively. But at, at the same time, I I still think the Sixers would win the Hawks series. Uh, I think the Celtics series would be a toss up. Um, if I'm being legit, it's going to go seven games. I think if we play, yeah, I, I don't know who I, would win. I mean, I think I know, but I don't want to say because I'm a Sixers fan. But like, it, it'd be I, a very yeah, close series. I, I agree, though. That like I was even saying tonight, like just looking at the Hawks roster, I don't know how they're not better. But you can see how they could steal a game, and obviously we're hoping for stealing a couple games, like giving Embiid all the rest he can because. I mean, knee sprain is what has been keeping Paul George out indefinitely. It's what's keeping Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard out. Like, a knee sprain is is very subjective and, and individualized, so you just never know. I mean, I do agree, though. I think Boston's going to end up being the team. And I think matchup-wise, you and I agree. I think the Sixers match up better against the Bucs. Um, but, like, Boston is, is the biggest threat, I think, matchup-wise to the Sixers in the East. So, I am definitely nervous about it. I think it would be a fun, great series to watch. But... Uh, definitely intimidated by it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Yeah, but let's go ahead and switch now. We're going to look at the rest of the series going on. We, we just talked about the Hawks, Celtics. Um, look, when Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are going, they, they, it's going to be hard for the Celtics to stop them, but they do have the defensive guards to slow them down. Um, not too much to write home about this series. Just kind of surprised the Hawks got one game, but they could very well get two. I don't, I don't put it past them. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's talk about this Heat-Bucks series because that just got a heck of a lot more interesting, didn't it? Yes. So, two words, James Butler. But, James like, Butler. Serious, seriously, I I legitimately thought Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers are, are sweeps. Like, they seem mm-hmm. like they would. They were the three best teams in the league, and they're playing teams playing that teams they out, outmatched. So, like, it, it was just very shocking that, I mean, obviously we said the Hawks still won, and I know that the Bucks is unique because Giannis has been out game two and game three and most of game one, but it's still like, I still thought the Bucks are the better team and, and Jimmy Butler is just playing out of his mind. The heat probably could have won all three at some point. I mean, I, I know they got, they got beat in game two decently, but I'm just saying like they have played very well and it's surprising, especially when they lost the first playing game to the Hawks. Like I wasn't sure what kind of heat we would see, but they were the one seed last year. You know, like they're not, and they added like Kevin Love, like they're not bad and they have playoff experience and Jimmy Butler definitely turns it up in the playoffs. So a few things that I want to talk about this series. Yes, the honest injury. I think it's a, what is it, a back injury or knee injury? I think it's a back, back right? Back, yeah. yeah. But that's not the only injuries here. Look, the Heat are down two key players, one of them being a near all-star level player in Tyler Hero and the other one, just happened. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news about Victor Oladipo. It's a torn patella. He's done. Wow. So, so very, poor Victor, by the way. He was an all-star a couple years ago. Just can't get... He, it feels like a Brandon Roy situation. These just won't stay healthy. You know what I mean? But at least he was able to play a little bit longer than, uh, yeah. than Brandon Roy. That being said, look, James Butler, like he is a guy that can come in and win a, win a series for you. And without Giannis, that certainly the, looks like the case here in the Heat have a good enough wing defenders to give the rest of the Bucks problems. But here's the other thing here. They decided, oh, with Tyler Hero, we have to rely on Duncan Robinson. Oh, we forgot that Duncan Robinson can shoot the lights out. He has 20 <laughs> points yep. in this game in 24 minutes, shot five of six from downtown and was good off the dribble too. And Caleb Martin came in big for them. You know, Kyle Lowry's looking like he's good off. Look, Kyle Lowry's a backup point guard now, and that's okay. He was a former all-star. He can be a really good backup for you guys, and that's okay. You don't need him to be a starter, but he can still cook against the backups, and that's what he's doing for you. So, yeah, I look, uh, it, it all depends on the health of Giannis, but if Giannis is not back for another game, the, the Heat could take a 3-1 series in this, and even if Giannis is back after that game, that's going to be a hard hole to dig out of. Yeah, no, it is It is definitely scary for the box, and I, I love to see it because – Again, I still think it's a three-team race, so you always want to see the Bucs and Celtics being challenged. I do well, like what, what you said what, about what, du- Sorry, sorry. Before you say, say about Duncan Robinson, because that's what you were going to say, right? Yeah. I, I do want to say this. What if the Heat upset the Bucks, And then in the second round, they would face the Knicks. Who wins that? Is it possible either the Heat or the Knicks get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Which we'll talk about the Knicks I mean, next. If the Heat beat the Bucks, they're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I don't think, think so. Knicks are I don't think Knicks or Cavs are stopping them. I think if they make it that far, they're getting in a role 
They're playing really well. And again, Jimmy Butler's a different beast. And if he beats the Bucks, even without Giannis, I, I think they're good enough. They have the experience. But well, yeah, yeah, all I was going to say about Duncan Robinson was I like exactly what you said was so good. Like they forgot they had him. They said like relatively early on in the season, he got like played out of the lineup. And I'm like, how is that possible? Like defensively, a, and he wasn't hitting shots. Yeah, but there's people like that. There's like JJ. There's other people that like who are just liabilities on defense, but they're just straight knockdown buckets. And and maybe he wasn't shooting as great as he is, but like he can and will put up those numbers occasionally. Maybe not every game, but yeah, he uh he put it down last game. Yeah, he needs to be in the rotation moving forward, regardless of how he's shooting. But let's go ahead, and we kind of teased it here, but let me go ahead and just talk about this knicks cap series. Look, Knicks went up, I think, was it 3-0 now? 3-1? 3-1. Yeah, that's uh, pretty nuts there. I, You know, we thought this was going to be a closer series. Still could be. But, uh, you know, they have their next game at home, right? No. Yeah, no. next, No, not next game. Next game is in Cleveland. But, look, they've already won in Cleveland once, and this this Cavaliers team, it looks like they're still missing that go-to wing. Like, Donovan Mitchell's good, and Darius Garland's good, and Evan Mobley's a great defensive guy, but you don't have a, a like, they're just missing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do know what you mean. And, like, I am, I hate to say this, but I am thoroughly impressed with the Knicks. I don't want to sound like look, Stephen look. A being, like, orange and blue skies, but, like, they I are mean... ball- they their defense is incredible and defense Absolutely. wins championships. They are locking them, they are locking the Cavs down. Like, yeah, you can say the Cavs are shooting poorly. This has been three games. They are consistently holding them. They hold them to 79 points, the lowest like this season for any team. They are mm-hmm. playing great defense, and that's kind of the identity of Thibodeau teams. And then this is without a healthy Julius Randle. Because let's be clear, Julius Randle has looked awful in this playoffs, and it's partially because he's coming back from an ankle sprain. Like, I'm Lucas, pretty sure he, this got, looks, he got benched. He got benched. Yeah, yeah, I was he getting to that. Yeah, the entire fourth quarter, he got benched, and they played better. Yeah, no, I mean, look, and, like, if he gets healthy, if they can win this series and the Heat series goes a little bit longer, they, you know, he could get healthy and then, like, you know, that's just a whole nother level. But Jalen Brunson, look, the Knicks underpaid him. I'm going to say the Knicks underpaid him. And if the Mavs would have kept him, look, who knows what would have happened. But he he is a star in this league. I'm going to say he's a star in this league. And R.J. Barrett has been playing better as of late as well. Kudos to Bar- R.J. But no, this Cavs team looks like they're cooked. Like, I don't see the fight in them anymore, especially near the end of this game. Like, it looks... Looks like they're done. They're ready to go. They're, it looks like they're backing it in. So, yeah, yeah. RJ I, RJ stepped up this game, and I think he stepped up last game too. But let's go to the West now. Oh yeah, they are a great series out west. So let's start with Lakers Grizzlies. I mean, a lot has been going on in that series, specifically Dylan Brooks, LeBron James. I'll let you take it. Why don't you Why don't you go in there? This is the second jewel shot that we have. No, I guess technically the third because he uh, now apparently I don't know if you heard this, but Dylan Brooks is blaming the media for him getting uh, uh, ejected in Game Three because of the villain profile that he has. He's a villain. Like, look, yes. if you're gonna be the villain, own it. Don't complain about getting the being the villain when you get ejected from a game. 
one, no. two. Like I think they did they win that game or did the Lakers live that win that game? I can't remember. Hang on, let me the, look the, up here. The, the Lakers, Lakers won. won. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the Lakers won that game. So the Lakers are up now two one, and look, I'm not going to say it was a look. Sometimes things happen in a game. I don't know if it was intentional or I, I didn't really see the play all that well, but like, if you get ejected for hitting somebody in the nuts, you probably deserve it. Like, unless it's like, you know, unless it's like, I, like, did you see the play? Cause I didn't really get to see it all that well. I kind of just glanced I, at it. I did. And I don't know, like the way John Morant explained it, obviously he's his teammate, but Dylan Brooks refused to talk to the media. So John Morant was asked about it. And he essentially said it was a standard reach in foul. And he thought LeBron was going to do a crossover and LeBron put it behind his back. And, and I mean, I could totally see that. Like, if you told me that that happened in that play and it wasn't Dylan Brooks, I might believe you. Like, I think it's very hit or miss. So I'm glad they didn't like suspend him because yeah, it, it kind of was hard. It. it was, it was hard to tell. But I think yeah. with all the stuff that had been going on, I, he probably did deserve a flagrant two. And maybe that is the media. I don't know. Uh, I look. At the end of the day, look, the Lakers should be up 3-0 in this series, not 2-1, because they should have won that game without without Jaw. But the Lakers are doing what they need to do. AD's been dominant. Joel, uh, James has not been quite as dominant, but he doesn't need to. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell have been doing their part. Rui has been looking good. Like they, they, Look, the Lakers are probably going to win this series. Like I don't see the tides changing in this, so... I, and I think they're the better team without Stephen Adams or Brandon Clark. Like they're probably the better team. Yeah, no, they are, and and they snuck into the playoffs, obviously. But they are a much different team since the trade deadline, and they're playing well. They, I definitely think they can be dangerous in these playoffs. Like AD, awful game two, but when he has game three, he dominated. And it's just if that AD shows up, the the Lakers can honestly beat anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's go to the most interesting series, at least in my mind. It's been tough to stay up and watch all the games, but thank, thankfully they had a uh, 3.30 game today, Kings and Warriors. Series is now tied 2-2. Harrison Barnes had a shot at the buzzer. Could have taken the lead 3-1. He used to play for the Warriors in that arena. I kind of thought it was going to drop. This series is just incredibly entertaining. What about your thoughts, man? Oh, gosh, this is probably the best series in the in the – in the playoffs so far, both teams are pretty healthy. The drama with Sabonis and Draymond. Uh, look, it it what Sabonis shouldn't have grabbed on his ankle. Uh, he, he got a flagrant one for that. That's fair. Um, and then you should. I can understand accidentally stepping on his chest, but that was like a wind up and everything for the the stomp. That 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 was a wind up. I I, yeah, I, was. I think that I think that was a little bit too excessive by Draymond. Uh, and look, I don't think the league should have suspended him for game three. I mean, game, was it game three or game? Yeah, game three. I don't think he should have been suspended. I think the in games, you know, ejection was good enough. I think they, but at the same time, Draymond has a history, so I understand where the league's coming from. But I don't think that warranted an extra game suspension. Um, yeah. Look, the Kings are a lot. Look, this is a this. We'll probably go seven. I don't know who's going to win it still. Um, we'll see. Yeah, so that's like that's what I was going to say. The, it's so interesting to me because 
on the one end, the Warriors are the defending champs. I know it's a new year and they lost some players like Otto Porter or some other pieces that they had, but they can like blow up and be that team when they want. But the other on the other side, today the Warriors had those like three five minute stretches where they're just lights out and they just go on a run like ten oh run. It's just like their standard run. And the Kings weathered it every single time. And I was stunned. I like could not believe it. You're like, uh, here it is, game's out of hand. And then Kings are right back in it. I think they were down like 13 with like seven minutes left. And then with like four minutes left, it's a three-point game again. And and it's just they're resilient, they're young, they fight hard, and I love watching this Kings team. So I just think it's an extremely inter- interesting series. The thing that you were talking about, like Sabonis and Draymond, I think that you're right. They got it right on the floor. Draymond should have been ejected, but Sabonis absolutely instigated it. And for Draymond to essentially be out of, like, be a decisive factor in two games, because it was a really close game when he got ejected, like, I I just didn't love that. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. If it goes seven, it's just, like, the Warriors cannot win on the road. So I just don't see a path. I don't see a path for them to win. It's like, they can't win on the road. The Kings literally just have to win at home, and and they win. Yeah, or the Kings take one at the Golden State. We'll see what happens. But it's like I said, I think it's the most interesting series in the playoffs now. Yeah, absolutely. Today's game was great. So, all right, let's switch over. Third series out west, Suns Clippers. Paul George has been out, will likely be out the entire series. Kawhi Leonard was out game three and game four also. And now the Suns are up 3-1. What are your thoughts here? Look. If this Clippers team was healthy with both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I, I think the Clippers probably win this because, first off, let me give kudos to Russell Westbrook. I will be, I will be the, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first, but I'll be one to admit that I thought he was washed. But the Westbrook that we've been seeing in these playoffs is the Westbrook that we've grown to know. And I'm not saying that he's going to win you a championship, but can he be the third best player on a championship team? I think so, in a limited role. But even when he has to carry the offense, he can still do it. I mean, yeah, he had an atrocious game one, but like game, what was it, game three? He had like 30 plus points without Kawhi. I think he had 30 in game three, and he had almost, I think he had 38 in game four. It was back-to-back playoffs of 30 plus. And look, this is doing great things for Russ. I, I don't think, anybody's going to give him a humongous contract anymore. I think those days are done. But he can still... I, I think he's found a place in, in L.A. with the Clippers that I think he could be a part of. That being said, let me talk about the Clippers here, Jonathan, because injuries have been nothing but the course for this contact Kawhi Leonard era in L.A. And if they can't win it, which looks like to be the case... I think if you're L.A., you have to start looking at the potential of trading Paul George and Kawhi Leonard this offseason because they're they're not going to win you a champion. I don't think they can because I don't think they can be healthy enough. I don't think if you're relying on those two to be the core of your team to win a championship, they will not be healthy long enough for you guys to make a playoff run. So I, I think that... The Clippers have some soul searching to do this offseason. If I'm their front office, I seriously think about trading both of those stars and trying to restart because, like, you're paying outside of the uh, Warriors, you're paying the most in salary cap fees and it's not giving you any results. So, yeah, I, I think it's time to move on. 
Yeah, so you bring up some interesting points. I'm going to go Clippers first, like you said. I just think back to when the Kawhi and Paul George news was announced, and, like, Paul George was, like, posting video in the airport, like, so excited, and Steve Ballmer, like, losing his mind. Like, it seemed – they traded pretty much every first-round pick until, like, the day I died to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, they blew up. They sold, like, everything to try and win now, and it's so disappointing to, like – See this team who's the claim so year hard. Four. They this yeah, is your four. Of this. superstars, and Ty Lue is still getting them to play hard and still competing with people like the betting favorite for the NBA title is the Suns, and Ty Lue is getting like is missing his two best this players. Is, this is not this, this is not a Ty Lue problem. Ty Lue is arguably the best coach in the NBA. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. Like he is killing it, and I just feel so bad for him. And I wanted to touch on Russ, like. You know KD and Russ like have their differences. They clearly like mm-hmm. bark at each other even in this series. But KD oh, yeah. post game of game four was like, You guys are way too hard on Russ. Like he won't be respected until after he's done. Like everyone wants to make a joke about him, but he is like a beast. He shows up, he puts in work. Like for KD to say that after a game, like when they're playing each other, it just goes to show you. I, I agree with what you're saying. He can be the third best player on the team. I'm happy he had this resurgence and he can get you a he can win you a game. He can be one of those guys who gets you a playoff win. And I love to see it. But the other thing quickly before we move on is the Suns are playing Kevin Durant, I think, an average of 41. Maybe it's they have, 40, they have no depth. And that's the problem. That's, that's it. That's what I don't think they're gonna win the playoff. I don't think they're gonna win the West because they don't have enough depth. Now, if you that's ask me, exactly who's gonna it. win now, I, now and I and I know that I picked them last week for that that but after watching a few more games it's becoming clear that they're going to get burnt out either by injury or by just being overworked like they're not going to be able- are overworked chris paul is playing chris paul is old so old chris paul devin booker and kevin durant are playing unsustainable minutes and then they like asked them in, in the post game and kevin they were just like how do you feel like playing all these minutes like you've essentially played like 45 minutes or whatever it is like in the first three mm. four games and he was like, how do I look out there? Like, kind of being sarcastic, but he was kind of saying, I missed so much time this year, and, like, even last year a little bit, that he, like, has the energy and is able to play it. But I still think you cannot play like this. They they bring a Kogi right off the bench. Well, like, Kogi was, a, was, a, was the fifth starter until the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah but so they yeah, bring Tor- him off. Yeah. He, they bring Sorry, him yeah. off the bench. That's all they have. Like, they, that's Cam, really Cam all Pay- they have. Well, campaign is injured right now. Cameron Payne, he's injured. He he hasn't I been available. Think, I still think you're gonna have set okay, seven players. Like it's just you don't need a ton, but like for you need Chris more. Paul being yeah. old, Kevin Durant being like fragile. I, I agree with you that I, I just can't see them winning the title, but it's it's very interesting right now. Now I so, will say this. I don't oh sorry. I was gonna well, we can talk about it after we talk about the next series. Yeah, I was just gonna get the last series. Honestly, in full transparency, I have no interest in the series, but we'll go ahead. Nuggets are up 3-0 on the Timberwolves they play tonight. I expect a sweep. You got any thoughts here? Well, considering that I initially picked the T-Wolves for the upset here, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in Minnesota. I'm not going to lie. Um, look, I clearly the loss of Nas Reed and uh, Jalen McDaniels is a big loss. But even without that, the, the, the cohesion, uh, and this goes back to part of it is, you know, Cat was gone for most of the season. 
And without Cat, you know, they, they, with all that time missed, cohesion is a big part of this. But, like, also, like, the Nuggets are good. And I underestimated that. So that, that's my bad. I will admit up, I'll, I'll fess up to that. Um, yeah, I kind of lost interest in this series, too. And that's a shame. But, yeah, I think the Nuggets are going to bypass this no problem. Yeah, I, I think that it will be very interesting to see Nuggets' sons, which is what it's looking to shape up to be. Because, the again, like you just said, flat out, the Nuggets are good. They're good. They've been good all year. They're best record in the West. They're, that's for a reason. Jokic is back playing well. Jamal Murray also is a guy who steps his game up in the playoffs. So, I mean, I really think they got a lot of talent. It doesn't like they've been unhealthy in years past with like Porter Jr. and stuff like that. They're here now, and I, I, I'm excited to see. I mean, I feel like people don't watch them enough. I'm excited to see them when they have a real challenge after they get the Timberwolves out of here, but we will see. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know who wins that Suns Nuggets series because, you know, as long as the Nuggets aren't burnt out, look, they, they have the better talent, top end talent. In my opinion, they just need to yeah. be able to wear weather the storm. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Look, the West is wide open. I I cannot tell you who's going to win the West right now. I, I don't. realistically think that. I mean, I, I guess it's it's pretty much over. But like going into it, I think like Chris and I were saying, like one through seven, legitimately had a chance. I mean, you look at the teams who are leading in the series. It's probably going to be. I, I mean, right now you think it's Phoenix, Denver, and then. The other series are undefined, like Grizzlies, Lakers, Kings, and Golden State. I think all six of them could come out of the West. Realistically, all six could. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, look, it's it's a good yeah, it's a good race. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, absolutely. That's all I was gonna say. I think the West is way more wide open. I, I still am thinking that the East is a three-team race. Who knows? Um, I, I think. Milwaukee's very the one the interesting one to watch because I do think eventually Boston will get past the Hawks depending when. But who knows with the Bucks, man? I was about to say yeah, the Bucks. That's that's the real question here because like if the Bucks lose, it's whoever wins the Sixers Celtics series. I think assuming that the Celtics yeah. get five, I think that's going to be the one. If if the Bucks lose, that's a big if because who knows when Giannis will be back. But like. Even with Giannis back, like this is not going to be two ones whole. I mean, it's not insurmountable, but it's not an easy to overcome. The numbers are not in their favor. Yeah, um, and maybe he won't be. Maybe he won't be fully healthy. I mean, like he's he's obviously going to come back when he's ready. But like, if they need him, he'll, he'll probably come back less than one hundred percent. I mean, I, I know I touched on it earlier. I'm curious your take on, like, do you think that the Heat or Knicks are like a realistic possibility and could? Like do something in the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, I don't think the Heat will, but the Knicks. Look, the like we won this regular series season series against the Knicks. That was a tough series. Like every game was a banger, and they do have the defenders to slow down Joel, the big bodies, and Mitchell Robinson, Hardenstein. I, I mean, even Julius Randle, a little undersized, is a banger. Uh, it, it caused the Sixers some problems. Uh, I'm not too worried about Miami. I, I thought we could have beaten them last season if Joel was healthy. Um, now, if uh, if the Celtics beat us, I think the Celtics would have a harder time against the Heat. 
Because yeah. I think the, that that regular series season series was a lot tougher. Obviously, they they took them to seven last year. Um, not to say that the Knicks wouldn't put up a fight. I, I think if either one of those teams met the winner of our series in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think that goes at least six games. I, I think. They, I mean, look, look in the postseason, you need like that. That's the interesting thing. Like, you need a one. You need a two. Like. That's what we're seeing in the Clippers. They don't have it. Like Jalen well, Brunson me, is is not a, is not a one. Like, and that's I was going like, to ask Donovan, you. Yeah. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell is a one. Is he though? Not the, I think is Donovan, he though? Well, maybe not. Is you he? know what? Maybe he's not. But he's more of a one than anyone on the Knicks. That's what I would say. Like, Are you? Maybe well, okay. He's a, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Finish and then I'll maybe, interject. Maybe he's a two. Maybe Donovan Mitchell's the second best player on the team. Like that, you're probably more right on that. But, like, I think Donovan Mitchell's a better player than Jalen Brunson. Maybe not showing up in this series, but Donovan Mitchell's top-end talent is. I'm shocked because I think Jalen Brunson is a two, maybe a three, like, more close to a three. The way he's playing right now, I can't deny it. Like, I think he's had four straight 20-point playoff games. He's looks like he can get to the rim at will. But, like, if Jalen Brunson is the best player on your team, I, I just don't see how you can win a championship. So... You know who Jalen Brunson reminds me of, and not so much in the, like their demeanor or even their position, but how they play the game, especially in the playoffs. James no. Butler. James uh, Butler, look, the I guy. Don't the know. guy g- look, the guy steps it up more in the playoffs than anybody else besides Jimmy that I can think of, right? At least recently, I'm not going to count LeBron or Kawhi because they haven't done it in a few years. But like, Jalen yeah. Brunson has stepped it up. And it has looked like a number one in the playoffs. And Donovan Mitchell, look, I, the guy can score with the best of them. But at the same time, he's in. This is the problem when you rely on a guard in the playoffs. And this goes true to Brunson, too. But he's a little bit more stockier than most guards. So he he gets he, he has a little bit of advantage here. But in the playoffs, guards have a harder time scoring in the postseason because they get bigger wings on them that can defend them better. Whereas Brunson, he's built like a freight train almost. He's a really thick guy. So I, I think that gives him an advantage in the playoffs. And more intuitively, like I said, he kind of reminds me of Jimmy and the fact that he can st- hit a different gear in the playoffs, which he's shown two years in a row now. So, and like Jimmy, he, he might didn't be start right. And, and like Jimmy, Jimmy didn't start out as a star. He was the 30th pick in the first round back in, what was it, 2013, I want to say, or 12, something like that. And, and he slowly became this guy, and that's the same type of thing that's going on with Brunson now. All right. Like I said. Maybe I, that's fair. Maybe Brunson's a little young, and, and I don't know. But it's just, like, think about the ones in the East. Giannis, Tatum, Embiid, Butler, like, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, okay. even Trey Trey Young. I don't know. I just would not put him in that sense. And then you even think okay. out West, like John Morant, Jokic, LeBron, AD, like he, here's another. I think he all of a... those players are better than him. Okay, well, let me throw out another comparison to you, and I think you'll agree here. What about the 0-4 Pistons? Think about this for a second. They had Chauncey Billups, big shot. Wasn't considered the best player on the team at the time. That was that one to Rasheed Wallace. Uh, you know, technically, uh, Julius Randle got the All Star nod, not Jalen Brunson, right? 
You have really good defensive two-way wing in R.J. Barrett, right? R.J.'s a little inconsistent with the shot, but so was Tayshawn Prince, right? You got a defensive anchor. Mitchell Robinson is not the same as Ben Wallace. Yeah, ben Wallace was defensive player of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying that they're the same, but same type of role. This this team is so deep, just like that Pistons team, and had so much, like, you didn't have, like, a superstar, but you had a, a lot of really good players. And this is what I know, this, that's this where team. I just think, like, maybe they can go far. They can definitely beat the Cavs. If the Bucks are injured or if they face the Heat, maybe. But, like, just not having that super, superstar, I just don't think you can win. Um, like, no, 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 they're not going to win the right. East. They're not yeah. going to win the East, but they, they could cause some problems. You're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. I, I just hate admitting it, especially because it's the Knicks, but. I have been impressed. Like today, I was very impressed. Like the Cavs got beat down, embarrassed with their scoring, like lack of scoring on mm-hmm. game three. You thought they had to come out, and and they did not. Donovan Mitchell was like five, four or five of 18, like couldn't hit anything. They just, yeah. I mean, the Knicks are going to beat them. That's that's really going to happen, and uh, we'll see what they do in the next round, depending on what happens in the Heat box. Well, let me just say this before we close out. It's the end of the third quarter. Boston only leads Atlanta by five going into the fourth. That's Anything what I'm saying. They were up. They were up like 13 at halftime, and then they went on a big run in the third again, and the Hawks are responding. It's it's shocking. They're playing better at home, and again, the Hawks have ta- – they have the talent. The roster's good. They just – I don't know. They just this is a De- so. this is a DeAndre Hunter game. He has 27 points for the Hawks right now. Wow. Hunter and Murray actually are shooting pretty poorly from the field, so they they are relying on Hunter. And look, that can help. It's not a good like Horford hasn't scored. Tatum hasn't scored well. Brown and White are the two. Like I mean, Smart's playing well too, but like those three are the leading scorers. And yeah, look. It's possible. It's certainly possible. Um, we'll see what it happens. It is possible. Anything's possible. It absolutely is possible, man. We will see. All right. Let's go ahead and end this thing, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, for everyone, for listening to the Sixer Sense podcast. Sorry Chris wasn't here. We didn't get any Oklahoma City Thunder, but appreciate all our listeners out here listening. And hopefully the Sixers can get into playing well in round two coming up. So until next time, go Sixers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.